Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 24. The book of Luke chapter 24. We're going to read out of one passage of scripture tonight. I don't have an epistle to read to you, just uh, five little words, but I think that it's something that we need to remember here, and these words are very pivotal to this passage of scripture, and you can see, hopefully we'll see how they had changed uh, the tone of the disciples and maybe how they can help us a little bit here tonight. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 8. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Maybe I can quote this one. I typically can't quote my text, but I think I'm going to be able to quote this one tonight. It simply says, and they remembered his words. That's powerful. Would you say that with me? And they remembered his words. That's all. That's all I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight. We can go home. I'm just playing. I want to preach to you or try to slow down a little bit and hopefully that the word of the Lord will will just bring revelation. I want to try to preach to you on this subject tonight. They remembered his words. Would you set your Bibles down and would you just lift your hands and ask that God would speak to us here tonight. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it does in the atmosphere, Lord. Anoint me. Your word is already anointed. Anoint the ears of your listeners, God, that it would go forth and accomplish Give me wisdom with the Lord, with the word, Lord. I ask it all in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Lord, do a mighty work in this house tonight. God, speak to us, Lord. Our hearts are open. Our minds are ready. Our spirits are receptive to what you're going to do, God. Go forth, Lord. Let your signs confirm this word following, Lord. And we covet that the gifts of the Spirit would go to work in this house. Let everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. They remembered his words. Matthew 17 and 22 says, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. They shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. Peter's great confession of Christ marks a turning point in our Lord's life and ministry. Following the event that is going to happen in and around Caesarea Philippi, a town about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus begins his final journey south, setting his faith toward Jerusalem, where he would atone for the sins of his people. We see this reading in Luke chapter 9, verse number 51. And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was though he would go to Jerusalem. He is single-minded in his efforts to arrive in the holy city and would not deviate from his course, though he will continue to fulfill his messianic calling along the way. He would deliver the man's son who was a demoniac. He would hear the call of the blind man and stop to heal him as though he couldn't tell. In the back of his mind, all he had was a cross to think about. He was destined to fall upon, and as his teaching remains integral to his calling, Jesus makes the second major prediction of his death and resurrection. And he says in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 23, And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding Sorry. Notably, unlike Peter and Christ's first prediction, none of the disciples contest the news like Peter did in Matthew 16, verses 21 and 23. 
On the contrary, the twelve seem exceedingly and increasingly resigned to the fact, for the Bible says they were exceeding sorry. By the words of Jesus, their sorrow also proves that the disciples do not yet believe that Christ will raise again. In one sense, this is understandable. Resurrection is not something you see every day. Nevertheless, Jesus' teaching remains uh, integral that he should have convinced him that his death was merely temporary. Sadly, they were guided more by experiences done by Jesus more than they were by the word of God proving John's writings in John 1 verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was the life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. John Calvin said concerning this text, so great is the influence of preconceived opinion that it brings darkness over the mind in the mindset of the clearest of light. The disciples should have been able to foresee the Messiah's resurrection because it is prophesied and Several Old Testament passages, passages like Isaiah 53 and 1, he says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form of comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. He was hid, as it were, of our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And yet with his stripes we are healed. It says in verse number 6 of Isaiah 53, All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is dumb. He opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who hath shall decree his generation for he was cut off of the land and of the living for the transgressions of my people he was stricken all of this happens as we see after the servant's death and since dead men cannot see or share the fruit of their labor God's servant must raise to life for this to be fulfilled we see in Hosea 6 and 1 it says come let us return unto the Lord for he has torn and he will heal us he has smitten and he will bind us up after two days he will revive us and the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight you would assume through just his old testament teachings that they would know that this horrid and sad moment it too had a conclusion a conclusion that would be that of victory greater love scripture says in john 15 13 hath no man than this that he may lay down his life for his friends in a moment of chaos and confusion it would appear all they could focus on these disciples of his is that they are losing their friend, the man of which they had committed their life to, the man of which they had dedicated everything to. Yet he said in John 2 and 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. 
They should have known he would rise again, but they were blinded. They were without the man they had given their life to. What, what would their future hold now? What would their tomorrows look like now, now that Jesus was dead on Calvary's cross? The Bible picks up as we begin to look closer into our text that Mary went to visit a stone and on her way or his tomb, and she saw his stone was missing. And when she did, she ran to Peter, is what the Bible says. Then Peter and John and get into a little bit of a foot race headed to get a glimpse and yet seeing this empty tomb seeing the napkin and the clothes in separate location the bible says that it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. They were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Now watch this part. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And then we find our text in verse number 8 of Luke chapter 24. And they remembered his words. You see that all the way up to this point, the disciples, all they could focus on, all they could think about is this man that had robed himself in flesh. God came to us manifest in the flesh, which is the reason for the season of which we are celebrating. It was all for one thing so that he could head to a cross. That he could go to a place where he could atone for the sins of his people. And while the disciples followed him and they knew, yes, he was the Christ. Peter himself had the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Peter himself had the revelation of who this man Christ was. He understood that this was God in the flesh. His disciples seemingly when it came to the fact that he would have to truly die for their sins. It was all about the fact that they had lost the one that they had loved. They were in a moment of confusion, a moment of calamity, a moment of chaos. And it would appear that as we have spent almost 365 days in 2020, that that's probably a good way to describe this year. Ups and downs, peaks and valleys, highs and lows. But it was all about one thing when they were in this text. And we are reading about how they literally raced to this empty tomb. They stand before it looking at its void. It it was void of the one that they loved. It was void of God manifest in the flesh. It was void of Jesus, their friend. It was void. They were looking at an empty tomb and they see the napkin folded and they see his clothes were on the opposite side which is representing that somebody had gotten up that that all of this had taken place yet it wasn't until this angel looked at them and said remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying that all of this was going to happen. And then the Bible comes to this one simple verse, a verse that typically we would 
probably throw away. A verse that typically we would maybe fast forward over. A verse that typically we wouldn't really dwell on. But as I was doing a daily devotion, I saw this verse and it just stuck with my gut. It just stuck with me. It wouldn't leave me. And I could tell the Lord was trying to show me something through this verse. Five simple words and they remembered his words. Why would this verse be so important that out of all the other things that happened in scripture, that this pivotal moment of them remembering the words of the Lord, why is that so important? Why is that so necessary? Why is that in scripture? Because it was the turning point for the disciples. It was through everything that had taken place with their time with Christ. When they lost him, they were able to come out of where they were at when they could remember the words of the Lord. When they could remember that God had spoken some things to them. When they could remember that the promises of God are yea and they are amen. They were able to come out of their situation when they could remember the words of the Lord. There is power in the word of God. There is power in the word of God. We enter into a season, a season where we celebrate the birth of Christ. But it was his coming that were simply words on paper. It was his coming that was simply, but but all of this came to a peak. All of this happened when you look at the beginning of it all, the beginning of the gospels. And we begin to read about the coming of the Lord. It was some that could believe it was Christ and it was others that were going to continue to wait for another but we see at this pivotal moment this 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 peak or this climax in scripture for the disciples it was when they remembered the words of the lord all of this came to a climax for his disciples when they could remember that god had spoken to them some things So as we begin to close this year out, and as we begin to come closer into 2021, I felt so impressed in my spirit today to just remind some people, God has spoken to you some things. And though this year may have dealt you some difficult cards or some hard times, I want to remind you that just as it was his words that brought them out, it will also be his words that'll give you the faith to keep going it'll be his words that give you the strength to carry on we see further into this text that jesus begins to talk about his words luke 24 and 44 and he said unto them these are the words watch these are the words which i spake unto you While I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses uh, and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Again, he's talking about his words. And then this beautiful scripture comes in and, and, and we see it in 24 and 45. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And then we see, and he said unto them, thus it is written and thus it has behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached watch in his name among all nations 
beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are the witness of these things. And behold, I sent the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Christ said, I had to go through some things, but I knew my words were going to be what was going to carry you through. He said, my words were going to bring you to this point, and now I'm going to open my under your understanding to the scriptures or to my words so that you can go and preach my name, not my names, not who I am. He said, go preach my name. Christ manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. He came to us as Christ. He came to us as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was all about his words. His coming was all about his words. His death was all about his words. And guess what? The future, what we're living in now, his words are what will carry us through. When I look back over this year, I just see the words of the Lord coming to pass. When I look back over this year, I just see all of his prophetic fulfillment taking place in lives. I see the promises of God. They are yes and they are amen. When I look back over this year, I just see that grace and mercy, that goodness has followed me all the days. Why? Because I've hung on to the words of the Lord. They've carried me. They've taken care of me. They've been there for me. Something about his words, his words, his words. It was his words that carried them through. It was his words that provided for them. It was his words that changed all of their outlooks on what would happen. And when he told him, he said, you're going to be endued with power from on high. It was his name that it should be preached in. It wasn't the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost. It was His name. It was who He was. It was His deity. It was who Christ was. I'm not going to give you a Bible study on oneness because I know you know what it is. (laughs) But it was all birthed out of remembering His words. It was Peter and John who remembered his words, which caused the understanding of Scripture to open up the pages to where he would say, now go tarry in Jerusalem. It was his words that carried them to Jerusalem. It was his words that they tarried in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father to come from on high. It was his words that produced the Acts 2 experience because they were sitting there for all those days just praying and praying, saying, God, God said it, so I'm not leaving here until it happens. God promised it, so I'm not moving until it comes to pass. It was his words that'll carry them through. We see his words. It was in Judges 7 that we see that Gideon was was at war with an army. Gideon was going against the Midianites. And as he was going against Midian and he was going against to deliver his people from Midian, we see that when this happens, he the Bible says that he goes with 300 men and he charges down the mountain and they cause this great victory. And they are, the Bible says, pursuing with everything. And when you open up Judges 8, you see that they are pursuing and Gideon perceives that his men are faint he says my men are weary in pursuing my men are tired in where they're at my men are weary in 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 the fight and he looks to these men he says can you get my men some bread for they are faint for their pursuing 
Now, as we know, bread typically is representation of word or type and shadow of word. So watch what Gideon says. He says, can you get my men some word? Because if they can just remember that God said, we are going to have victory here. And then all of a sudden, they had a little bit more strength when they got hold of the word. And they were able to follow them and slay all the princes and all the kings. And they got complete victory from the hand of Midian. How did they get that? Because when they were faint in their pursuing, something came to them. God said, we're going to have victory. God said, we're going to have deliverance. God said he's going to take care of this. My dear brothers and sisters, all of this, all of this was on one focal moment for his disciples. And they remembered his words. How important, how necessary, how focal and how integral of scripture to bring us to this five verse, five lettered verse or five worded verse where they just see five words. But those five words picked them up from where they were at, placed them on a journey to an upper room. It was those five words that put them on the path to Jerusalem. It was those five words that carried them to that moment with Jesus. We need to remember the words of the Lord before you go into 2021. We need to look back over our lives. Maybe some of us need to go home. We need to open some Chester drawers, some things God has written down that maybe hasn't come to pass quite yet. We need to open them up. We need to make them a background on our iPhone and we need to start reminding God you said this you said it would happen you said this would come to pass you said this many would receive the Holy Ghost you said my kids would come home you said I would have this or you said you and when you begin to remember the word of the Lord it'll pick you up from where you're at it'll carry you on the journey to watching it take place oh And they remembered his words. I wonder if that could be the slogan of this Wednesday night service. When we go home tonight, I wonder if they'll say about us. And they remembered his words on a Wednesday night. I wonder if they'll say, and they remembered his words on a Wednesday night Bible study. Somebody got a hold that God had promised them some things. Somebody got a hold that God said he would do some things I remember uh, I felt this a few days ago I almost felt like the Lord spoke to me that that because some of us haven't seen the words of God come to pass in our lives that there's almost been a doubting of the power of his word there's almost been a doubt in the back of our minds that his word really is true and that God really is going to do everything that he promises he's going to do. But I pray that tonight that you would remember the words of the Lord. 
Some of us need to dust our Bibles off and remember the words of the Lord. Somebody needs to remember that God said the greatest days are not behind us, but they're ahead of us. Somebody needs to remember that God said the latter rain would be greater than the former rain. Somebody needs to remember that God said we are the head and not the tail. We are above. We are not beneath. That we are to be the lender and not the borrower. He's talking about you, but sometimes we get so caught up in where we're at we forget that God's word is the lamp unto my path he's still the light in the middle of darkness he's still the hope in the middle of it all we remembered his words I wonder if you could start remembering some things right now Christ said that to me God said that what happened to me it was a preacher one day who got up behind the pulpit on a Sunday morning and said thus saith the word of the Lord and that word carried me through that word picked me up and carried me to where I was going the word of God it is yes and it is a man the grass wither and the flower fade but the word of God heaven and earth shall pass away but the word of God his word will carry you his word will see you through his word his word his word everything that happened this year his word kind of predicted and everything that God's promised us, just as his word, as we see the prophets predicted the coming of the Lord, and it happened. He would come manifest in the flesh, born of a virgin. All of these things take place. But remember, before that even happened, there were some wise men that remembered the words of the Lord. They started following a star because the word said so. There's something about the word that carries us to where we need to go. There's something about the power of the word. I wonder what would happen on a Wednesday night if where we were at right now. If we could just turn everything off, the distractions, everything outside these four walls. And we begin to remember the promises of God that, that he promised us this year. Or that he promised us over the last five years. Or that he promised us over the last ten years. Imagine what would happen. Imagine the faith that would begin to come into this room. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Imagine what would happen to some of us if we would begin to start reminding God. I didn't say this. You said this. I didn't bring this up. You brought it up. And I'm just going to remind you today. Your word said. So I'm going to believe. And you'll pick yourself up out of where you're at and you'll just start walking uh, into your tomorrows uh, holding on to the word of God uh, holding on to the promises of God God's given me some promises and I want to see them come to pass I know for a fact God's given this amazing body some promises and they're going to come to pass 
Bishop, I know God's given you some promises. I know you've seen a lot of them come to pass, but there are some more. God's about to bring them to pass. Pastor Myers, I know God's given you some promises, and you've seen some mighty promises of God come to pass. But just as that song says, there is a promise coming down that dusty road, but we just got to keep going. The words of God are yay, and they are amen. Anybody have a word uh, that you can remember? Anybody have a word uh, that you've been waiting on? Uh, Maybe it's a word uh, that just came across your mind that you forgot about some 10 years ago. And God tonight uh, is just trying to prod you just a little bit. Just like the angels had to remind the disciples. uh, I want to remind you tonight that every word that God's ever promised you, uh, everything God's ever told you, uh, everything in that prayer closet when nobody else was around, and it was just you and God he said I'm going to perform this and maybe you haven't seen it happen yet you just keep believing the word you just keep believing the word you just keep believing the promises of God his word will see you through his word will carry you I wasn't going to tell this story but I feel to tell it in closing my little brother was Uh, diagnosed with a spinal tumor. If I try to pronounce it, it sounds like I'm speaking in tongues. It's such a long name. And uh, when he was diagnosed with this tumor, it's five and a half inches long at the base of his spine. And the type of tumor that it was, they called it a drop tumor. So because of where it was at, he should have had tumors from his brain all the way down to that tumor because the location would suggest that because the type of tumor that it is, it would produce tumors from the top of his head down to where the main one was at. And I'll never forget when he was laying in the hospital, a man of God called him. And, and he began to prophesy to my little brother. He began to tell him some things that were going to happen. And uh, one of the prophecies that I remember that he got was that God was going uh, to, to take all of his pain away. That there would be a day that he wouldn't have to live in pain anymore. And I remember another prophecy was that, that God was going to show him to Colton, himself to Colton. He was going to reveal himself by his power. He was going to show him who he was. And another prophecy was that he was going to reveal to him his angel the night. This was the night of the surgery that he would would see his guardian angel that night. And, and, And so he has these layers of prophecies that Colton would receive and, and all of these things that would come to pass. And I'll never forget Colton was laying in the hospital bed and and he had just got out of surgery. And, and when he went into the surgery, the doctors told him, they said, there's a 50% chance that when you leave this place, you'll be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. So he had that going in. And then they told him, they said, you'll never grow again. They said, when you come out of the surgery, because we're, how we're going to have to take your spine apart. And, re- and they said they had to remove a piece of his spine that they never put back. And all these things, just start telling him all this stuff. They said, you'll never grow again. It's impossible. And Colton said that before he went into that surgery, and I think uh, if I remember correctly, it went nine and a half hours that night. Before he went into that surgery, he said, I was laying in bed and they had me all medicated. He said, and I was just kind of sitting there. And in the back of my mind, I was like, God, you promised me some things. He said, and as sure as he said that, his angel had just revealed himself in the corner of the room. He said, and he saw this beautiful He said he was tall, Dylan. He said he was like nine foot tall. He said he was standing there. He said it was a beautiful angel. He said, and I remember the peace of the Holy Ghost came in that room. 
He said, my dad was standing next to me. He said, he started patting my dad in the arm. He said, do you see him? And my dad said, what are you talking about? See what? He said, my angel, he's in the room. He said, he remember his angel speaking to him that night. He said, this will produce one or two things in you. It can produce good or evil. He said, so he just remembered. He went into that surgery seeing that. He said, and as they wheeled him out, he said, that angel just followed with him. He said, when he went to the operating room, he said, that angel, he said, he saw him standing in the operating room. He said, he just kind of had this gut feeling everything was going to be okay. So he comes out. A few days later, they're like, okay, we need to try to see if you got any strength in your legs. And remember, the doctors are telling him you're not going to have any strength. But he had a prophetic word. The doctors tell him, you may not walk ever again, but he had a promise from God. And I remember, I'll, I'll never forget the call that I got. Colton's walking. They said it may not happen, but Colton's walking. And it was just such a, a great moment. And then I remember they said, you'll never grow again. And I think he was, I think he was like five, six then. And now he's standing at some six, one. He's all tall. And he, I think he came here one service. And, and I remember, <laughs> I remember he said about that good or evil, what it would, what, what this process could produce in him. And he said, I remember dealing he said, I was prophesied some things. And then I remember he was prophesied that he would, he would be natural. He would live a normal life. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, my little brother's going to college. He's grown as tall as he's grown. He was on a walker when he came out of it. They said, you'll never walk without a cane. He doesn't walk with a cane. And I can just look back over this journey of Colton's life. I look back over all the negative thoughts that were, that were thrown at him. I look back all the negative reports that were spoken to him by doctors. I look at all the negative things that were spoken to him. And I can still hear my little brother. God said he was going to do it, Dylan. I remember he would call me in times I was without faith and the little man was laying in bed not knowing what tomorrow was going to look like and he was, I just got to believe God's going to carry me through. There's just something about the word. When it finds you in the middle of calamity and chaos and confusion. How the word can change the outcome of our tomorrows. How the word can be that faith that picks us up in the morning and says, I know yesterday was hard, but God still promised you some things. I don't know what all the promises that God has spoken to you. God has spoken to this church. God has spoken to Brother Myers, Bishop Myers. But I can tell you this much. There's a shift in the atmosphere from God. There is a switch that is about to take place. The Lord spoke to me something on a plane on the way to Nashville a few weeks ago. As I was coming into land. He said, I gave the word to Abraham in two parts. He said, I gave it to him first. I would give him land and then I would give him a nation. He said the promises of God were first about the land and then they were about the nation. You look at Genesis 11 to 14. It was all about Abraham walking around and everywhere he would walk, the sole of his foot would touch. He would take dominion over that land. That land would become his promise. That land would become the promised land that would be for his children. And then Genesis 15 takes place and he gets in this war and then the notoriety of who he was comes and these kings come to him and they honor him for the great man that 
he was. And then from Genesis 15 to 24, it was all about God giving him the nation. God giving him the children that were promised to him. He said, Abram, I'm going to call you Abraham, the father of many nations. And all of a sudden, the promises of God, it was like they switched immediately. At first, all he felt like, he was just a wanderer, a stranger in a strange land, walking around, wandering from place to place, looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. What does that even look like? But he just kept wandering. He just kept going. He'd erect a tent here. He would build an altar there. Then he'd pick his stuff up and he just to keep on wondering. And I felt the Lord speak to me and said, as it switched for Abraham and he went from a wanderer who really wasn't wondering, but everywhere he would go, he would take dominion. And then all of a sudden he became the father of many nations. He became this father whose stars and the sand would be like the number of his children. He he said that's the kind of switch that's about to take place for the church it's about from you to becoming wanderers to you filling the land and the territory that you have taken I realize a year like this make make us feel like we're just wanderers wandering around but everywhere the sole of your foot has been touching you've been taking spiritual dominion everywhere the sole of your foot's been going you've been taking spiritual territory and all of a sudden the word of God is going to switch and you're just going to start seeing the fulfillment of every promise of every prophecy of every word I'm trying to hurry. I'm, 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 I'm done. But, but we've got to remember that God's word in him are yea and in him amen. And there is a supernatural switch. I don't know if it's going to happen right when we hit 2021 or if it's going to be a few weeks into it. But there's a switch that is about to turn for the church. And I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you when that switch turns, we're going to start seeing things come to pass at a pace like we never have but I tell you what's got to happen first we need to be like Abraham see you that I go childless see you that I go childless he reminded God your word says land and also nation and he remembered his words God showed up and said just as I promised you all this I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham and as you see the stars, so shall your seed be. As you see the sand, so shall your seed be. The promises of God are yea and they are amen. But first, we got to remember the words of the Lord. I challenge every person that's here. If you've got words written down in a prayer journal. You've got promises at home that you may have just let collect dust because they haven't happened yet. I challenge you, before this year is over, go home and pull them out of that chest of drawer. And you lay them where you start reading them back to God every day. God, you said this, this, and this. And I know you're not a man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. Because in you, your words are yea, and they are amen. 
And you watch what God's going to start doing when some of us start reminding the Lord, this is your word, not my word. This is your promise, not my promise. This is what you said, not what I said. I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost tonight. The words of the Lord, they are lying in this place just waiting to come to pass. And I'm telling you, there's about to be a switch that takes place in the supernatural, in the things and the promises of God. Come on, would you lift your hands and we just love the Lord for a moment. Come on, I challenge you to remember some words right now. I challenge you to remember some things that God has promised you right now. Come on, as an individual, some things God has promised you. As a collective body, some things God has promised us. We need to remember these words tonight because I'm telling you, we're going to go home. And for some of you, it'll be within 30 days. You're going to start seeing the words begin to come past. You're going to start seeing some things God has laid out in a writing for you. They're going to start coming to life in front of you. I pray those that are weary right now, weary and well-doing, that his word would pick you up from where you're at and just like it marked the turning point in the disciples' lives after the death of their friend Jesus. I pray that just as it was his words that shifted everything for them, that tonight it would be his words For some of you that are watching, for some of you that are here that haven't felt the uplifting of the Spirit in a little bit, I pray that it is the Word of God that has been spoken, that has been written, that would come to life tonight and that would pick you up from where you're at and that would carry you to where you need to be going. Would you stand with me? Could we love the Lord for just a moment? Come on, and they remembered his words. And they remembered his words Wednesday night, uh, December 16th, uh, 2020, uh, at 8.17 p.m. uh, They remembered the word uh, of the Lord. uh, And they remembered the word uh, of the Lord. When nothing else uh, was working, when the world uh, was in chaos, uh, they remembered uh, his words. If you want to make your way to the front, the altars are open. Whatever you want to do, if you want to make an altar where you're at. I'm telling you, I feel faith coming into this house right now.
Come on, the words of the Lord are yea and they are amen. Come on, I pray while you're praying right now, you'll start remembering some things that God's promised you. While you're praying right now, you'll start remembering some things that God has spoken to you. While you're praying to this altar, you'll start remembering a few things God has said over the years. You'll start remembering some things that maybe you've forgotten about. And God's just going to remind you one more time. I spoke this word to you. I gave you my word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I want us to leave here full of faith in the word of God. His word is yea, and it is a man his word is truth his word is all things all Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Lord, we remember your words tonight. We remember every promise. We remember every prophecy. We remember everything you spoke from this pulpit. We remember everything you spoke to us in those prayer closets when nobody else was listening, when nobody else was watching, when it was just time with me and you, God, and you said it would happen. Lord, I'm going to remember your words tonight. I'm going to remember your words tonight.